Welcome to Be A Better Speaker with me, Graham David, expert speaker. And this podcast is for you if you want to be a better speaker, facilitator, presenter or trainer. It's full of practical tools, tips and techniques to help you be better. This podcast is sponsored by bluebeetle.co.uk and grahamdavid.co.uk. How do you deal with those difficult people in the audience? Those people who just sit there, emanating some kind of deep evil, glaring at you with their arms folded from the depths of their soul, letting you know they don't want to be here. What do you do about those people who just ask sarcastic questions and then the audience laughs and no one's listening to you? What about those people who don't ask anything? In fact, you're beginning to suspect they may not even be awake. They just literally sit there. What about those people that have got a problem for everything you try and suggest? Those awkward people who just, for some reason, appear to be put on this earth to turn up at events you're running and cause your problems. How do you deal with those people? That is what this episode is all about. How, as a speaker, can you manage or deal with or uh, somehow avoid these difficult audience members? Now, the reality is, I'm going to tell you the answer very, very quickly, and you're going to be disappointed. Because this particular point is one that comes up over and over again. Everyone's had experience of difficult people in the audience. Now, sometimes it's real experience, and sometimes it's just their concerns about what might happen. But because everyone's got that concern, and because a lot of people are a bit nervous about speaking publicly, this is clearly something that would just make it unnecessarily more difficult. So how do you deal with those people? Well, the answer is, and it's a slightly disappointing answer, I'll, I'll admit right up front, is that when you do a lot of the techniques that I've been talking about in the Be A Better Speaker episodes, when you get the hang of many of the processes and the philosophies that I'm explaining, when you actually do the techniques that I have shared with you in these episodes, you will get less difficult audience members. Now, I know that's a disappointing answer. You want some really cool secret technique, but all of these techniques help reduce the number and the incidence of difficult audience people. You see, in the last 22, 23 years, I've probably spoken with uh, hundreds, perhaps, of different events, thousands of delegates. And in all that time, I've only ever had three delegates that I've had to ask to leave the event. There's been plenty more I'd have liked to have left, by the way. (laughs) Only three that I've actually had to either with them directly or with their boss say, this person's going to have to either change their behaviour or leave because it's just not working. I'll tell you why they had to leave. They had to leave because they were disrupting people around them. They weren't just uh, chatting to the one person next to them and going, oh, this is rubbish, I hate it. This Graham bloke's an idiot, I don't like him. They were quite ostentatiously harumphing and complaining and very, very obviously trying to undercut everything. Now, I don't mind if they want to do that about me. I think it's pretty bizarre behaviour from an adult, but that's up to them. But what they were starting to do was apply the same thoughts 
and verbalizations to their colleagues. That's not acceptable. That's not a decent way to behave at work. These are your colleagues. You've got to work together. So <clears throat> on those situations, they had to leave. But I did say there'd been many more people I'd have liked to have left, but yeah, that's just what that was. Well, when you begin to structure your presentations in the way I've talked about, when you allow for people to give their ideas, and you're okay if their ideas are challenging or negative, when you start to encourage uh, engagement and you start to encourage, um, or you allow, let's say in some cases, dissent, and somebody saying, I don't think this works, or I'm a bit concerned about this, or uh, are we sure this is the way we want to go? Not allowing it to turn into a whinge fest, but allowing people to verbalise what's on their minds, you'll find that what most of us term difficult audience members just drops through a cliff. It, it just doesn't happen as much. There's just not that problem. Most recently, I was involved in uh, running some sessions for people all over the UK, and these are um, local retail managers. And the client had told me repeatedly that some of these people would be awkward, some of them would be difficult, we'd have trouble getting them to engage, that they wouldn't want to be there, they'd let us know at every possible opportunity they didn't want to be there, they would be bad-mouthing the business, bad-mouthing the management, just a whole litany of things that we're thinking, oh, this is going to be great. Now, here's the interesting thing. In reality, when we started running these sessions, and we ran them for... Uh, six, eight, nine, nine months in total. What actually happened was virtually nobody was a problem. In fact, I go so far as to say maybe one person was a problem once at one particular session, but then came up afterwards and said, I've been thinking about it. I'm not going to behave like this anymore. Actually, what you're saying makes sense. The vast majority of those people were intensely interested and totally engaged with what we were doing. What we did see, however, was a number of these managers, hugely experienced, 10, 15, 20 years experience in their business, sharing their concerns and pointing out areas that the, the higher management, the senior management team, just hadn't considered or didn't appear to have considered. Now that, for me, is not negative. That's not difficult audience behaviour. Actually, that's evidence of an audience fully and completely engaging with the message. So I'd ask you to consider when people say, I don't like this, I don't think this works, how are you considering that? Is that an awkward challenge? Or is that actually quite a reasonable point that somebody's making? See, my guideline, I guess, is that if people aren't disrupting those around them, and I've referenced that already, if actually they're conducting themselves in a professional manner, if they are making points, if they're then listening to the answer, if they are fully and completely considering the perspectives that you're giving them, then that's okay. I think this business that I've just referred to um, is quite an old-style business. They've been around for a while. They still very much operate in the command and control space. Um, their, their senior management team tends to just tell people to do things and that's it. The reason they've told you, that's all the justification you need to do it. There's, there's no interaction, there's no discussion, there's no trying to figure out a better way to do anything. It's just, do this because I've told you, and because I've told you, you will do this. That's not the way to work with a presentation. You see, in presentations, a good presentation is going to allow people 
to find things funny or challenging or ridiculous or unfair or unreasonable or any number of other emotions. And that's okay because as you're working with people, they're going to start to engage with what you're saying. In fact, one of the most uh, powerful ways that you can run a presentation is start to share your idea and then invite people to tell you what they think. Now, let's be honest about this. Frequently, businesses will ask for feedback, get the feedback, not like the feedback, and then tell the audience they're wrong. There's also, I would respectfully suggest, little point in asking what do you think about this idea if you've already decided you're going to do it. Now, people aren't idiots. If you've decided you're going to do it, well, that's fine. That's not a problem. I'm, I'm not saying everything has to be debated to the nth degree. I'm not saying that, that your employees have a say in absolutely everything that you're possibly ever going to decide. Of course not. That's not how it works. But if you're running a session to say, here's what we're now going to be doing, the question isn't really, what do you think about it? Because they're doing it anyway. The question really becomes... What's going to stop this from working? The question becomes, what support employees do you need from me as the senior leadership team to help you do the new strategy we've got? Now, this is where we move away from just a whinge fest. I don't like this. It's not fair. Why are we doing this? This hasn't been thought through. To, okay, I get all of that, but we're still doing it. Now let's figure out how to make it work. And now your audience is engaging. So your presentation starts to become more interactive. It starts to become more interesting. And you're starting to work at it from a far more positive perspective. Somebody's saying they don't like something or they don't believe something. That's not automatically negative. They're sharing some feedback with you. So when you have difficult audience members, you've got to really understand what it is by difficult. Sometimes people just wear a face. <laughs> they're wearing because that's how they look when they're listening and concentrating i've discovered this numerous times listen brief story i was in switzerland many years ago all right it'd been a long long journey there planes trains and automobiles i got to the other side of uh, this particular area i got into the training session i'd started working and there was a woman sat in the front row with her arms folded glaring at me i mean properly hounds of hell glaring at me i thought goodness what's going on here and what I discovered was going on here at break time was that uh, she was in the wrong group, which is why she was sat there wondering what was going on. And secondly, she didn't speak English, so she didn't understand why this presentation was being given in English. It's easy to assume people are negative or difficult, and actually it's just how they look at that moment. It's also really wise to consider and to understand that just because your audience isn't bouncing around going, well, hey, this is the best thing we've ever heard, doesn't mean they're negative. That There are other adults, professionals, listening to your message and considering it. So let's go with that. Under no circumstances would I ever call somebody out. So if Dave at the end of the row is sat there quietly, I would never go, Dave, what do you think? Poor quality trainers will advise this. It's a terrible idea. If Dave wants to say something, Dave will say something. So long as Dave has plenty of opportunities, not just in the room, but they can go to small groups, into syndicate rooms, if they have the opportunity to do some writing, to put some ideas down, to discuss, to work with, to brainstorm things, it's fine. Dave has plenty of opportunities to put some suggestions forward. Don't call Dave out. 
Equally, don't find Dave at breaks and go, Dave, I've noticed you're pretty quiet. Is there a problem? Really? Do you need to know if there's a problem? No, you don't. Dave is another adult. He will tell you if there is a problem. And when you start to challenge people like this, you're setting yourselves up against them. And in a simple numbers perspective, there's you and a room full of people looking at you. So when you call someone out, it's you against them. And if there is some negativity in the room about what's going on, if there is some, um, some hostility about the idea, and it could be, it happens, then you call one person out, you're starting to increase the chance of a bit of a revolution. And not in a good way, because you're, you're in the room facing the wrong way. You're facing all of them. So I wouldn't call people out. I wouldn't have a quiet word with them. I certainly wouldn't make any of those passive-aggressive little jokes. Good of you to join us if somebody's late. There's a seat down the front for you here. You might want to take some notes. You know, the more you put into it, the more you'll get out of it. None of that is going to help you. Instead, assume that even the most hostile-looking person wants to be there. They've turned up. They've not made an excuse. They are there. So treat everybody as though they want to be there the most positive and the most negative and the most neutral look to everybody as though they want to be there give everybody an equal amount of time as you're speaking with them as you're sharing ideas with them whether it's five people or 500 people you're speaking with everybody you're keeping it upbeat this is what we're doing if you're asking for opinions if you're asking for feedback you've got to have it within your ability to make changes if you haven't that's okay but then be careful about what you're asking. You're asking, do they understand it? Well, yeah, you could do that. That might not be the best forum. You're asking what help they might need in order to do this. That'd be interesting. Because this shows that you've made a strategic decision for your organisation, but you're still asking for management and operational input in order to make that strategy work. So that's it. There are some simple ideas, thoughts, philosophies about how to deal with difficult people in your audience. Thanks for listening to Be A Better Speaker. If you'd like to help me to keep making these podcasts for you, please consider subscribing right now. Leave a rating or leave a couple of words of encouragement. Be great to hear your reviews. My name's Graham David, expert speaker, and this podcast is sponsored by bluebeetle.co.uk and grahamdavid.co.uk.